Yeah. So sorry about that. What? Well, the fact that you hadn't plugged it in and that you weren't recording. <laughs> I'm just so used to it, I don't even remark on it. I am quite incompetent, it turns out, especially to dear listener, beloved listener, Mick, <laughs> who I called Andrew. <laughs> I got confused. I've been under a lot of pressure. So <laughs> the podcast before last, we read out two, well, I thought two emails from two people called Andrew, but it does in fact turn out when he wrote in and said, I'm not Andrew, I'm actually Mick, that one of them was from Mick. So mm. sorry about that. <laughs> Andrew too was as... As said on the podcast, Andrew One was in fact Mick. I thank you. <laughs> Are you sure it's that way around? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, as long as you're sure about these things, Joe. <laughs> it's not like me to be unsure, is it? Yeah, it is two, 203. It is, in fact. Yeah, yeah. 203 of the mid Faith Crisis podcast. Another high-energy opening there. <laughs> it's <Whoa>. beautiful. <laughs> um, well, here we are. And uh, today is obviously going to be the second part of our interview with Dave Steele. Fabulous. Um, yeah. Which went out last week. And uh, so here we are. But we, we might just catch up with another quickly. Because you've, you've had a very sort of stress-free... Afternoon, <laughs> it was just it's I had a quiet moment in the week. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just mental and just yeah, just had this lovely quiet bit. So I thought, I oh, know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get some shopping for some friends who've got COVID. Two lots oh. in fact. And uh and the roads are absolutely crazy. Because I think Worthing Council, to celebrate the rail strikes that are going on, have decided they're going to do roadworks everywhere, <laughs> all at once, uh, because that would be fun. <laughs> so, so I was late to record uh, now, and yes, it's what what I thought would be a simple, you know, good thing to do, so <laughs> did to yeah. a major headache. Well, as they say, uh, no good deed goes unpunished, I believe they say. Yeah, I've had a lot. I've met with some listeners. Have you? Yeah, lovely Peter and Tracy from Guernsey. They came oh, up wow. and they had a meal. It was fantastic. They are wonderful people. But here's what I learned. <laughs> they tell people on Guernsey about the podcast. Yeah. There's a following over there. But they say to them, you've got to start at episode one. No, oh, no. And they made them listen to all of them. <laughs> they, they don't have, have any friends, friends left. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> How mean oh, is that? Yeah, well, because they say we've journeyed together, and so yeah, people. If need I've to had to suffer, you have to suffer, is what they mean. There. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a bit of that going on. And of course, next week, the fabulous Roz, Professor Roz from Australia, is coming to stay for a couple of days. Uh, so wow. that'd be lovely. Uh, I mean, you know, our hope is that she's just not an axe murderer. That's always the risk you take. <laughs> You're like a sort of mid-faith crisis bed and breakfast going on here i like to think we are in a way yes a, a retreat center <laughs> i know i mean i don't know why you started doing this podcast but i just wanted to make friends with people <laughs> 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 so if you're listening you're obliged to come and see me in worthing sorry wherever oh, you are in the world 
anyway, we're back from Lee Abbey. It's great to be mm. back. It was a mm. lovely time. How, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, um, the, uh, Riding out the vicissitudes of selling mm. your house or not selling your house. Mm. Um, that's good. That's a bit of a pain. Don't really want to talk about that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, and and the other thing is, I, look, I had a moment. I also thinking about work mm. in real life. Is this is the crucible of spiritual formation? You yes, know, this indeed. is where you learn stuff about yourself. No doubt about it. So I had this moment earlier in the week where I was quite fed up, and uh, you know, I, I I had a moment of I thought self righteous, not anger. It was very controlled. <laughs> it was anger wasn't it <laughs> no it wasn't quite anger but it was pointing out to people that you know i'd sent round emails and they hadn't replied to the email, <laughs> you know? imagine someone not replying to an email <laughs> nick gosh I can't, I can't imagine what that would feel like actually Blooming that had occurred to me that had <laughs> occurred to me that bit anyway no the thing was of course it turned out I hadn't actually sent them the email either. <laughs> so I had that real moment you get in life where you think, now, should I just have an excuse here? Should I cut, yeah. Should I fake yeah. it? Yeah, the machine broke down, right? Just I'm proud to say down. I fronted up and I said, <laughs> I'm an idiot. So that was good. That was good. Well, it's good to own these things. I always reply to important emails. And, and none of yours come under that category. So <laughs> Thank that's... you. Well, that explains everything. <laughs> anyway, we should get on, shouldn't we? Yes, we should. We should get on with the interview because there are leaders listening to this who don't want to hear our mm. piffle. So if you're coming in, you know, and this is the second part of uh, an interview with Dave Steele, pastor of One Church Brighton, about mid-faith crisis uh, in leadership. And uh, in this section of the, the, the conversation... We talk really about the nitty gritty of conflict, about what happens when what you think uh, differs from other people and how, how that leads into conflict and how you resolve that. OK, so um, in the last podcast, which strangely was only 10 minutes ago, we ended it anyway. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we were talking about, um, I suppose, approaches to that feeling that you're not being your authentic leader yep. you want to be or you're not authentic you mm. i really want to kick this off by asking by by asking this what happens if you get up on in the pulpit or on mm. stage or whatever it is mm. and you reveal a bit of the authentic you mm. and there is a shocked outbreak of you know <laughs> stoning or something yeah. or, or there, you know, and everybody gets very angry mm. or you know, what happens if it mm. it creates conflict? And, and the way I want to think about this is in, in different things. One is conflict within the leadership team itself, because I think yeah. that can often be a, a big thing. Yeah. The other, and second thing is conflict with other churches mm. in the town yeah. or city. Yeah. Yeah. And thirdly, and, you know, mostly where the rubber hits the road, is conflict within your own congregation. How mm. do you deal mm. with that? Mm. So, so the first thing I suppose is to think about your leadership team. You know, has yeah. there been tension? I mean, I know with you, Joe, yeah. this was absolutely, absolutely a kind of root of the tension. But um, I'll give you an example. I was speaking to a guy, um, really well-known guy in uh, sort of certain church circles, and he, he was talking about the same-sex things. Mm. And he was saying, "Well, basically, Nick," he said, I, "I can't see anything wrong with it, but my other two members of my leadership team are absolutely." 
Mm. They think I'm drifting off mm. and going mm. slightly heretical with it. I'm backsliding. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it already this the, yeah. the the movement of of often I think a more senior pastor, a more mature mm. guy or woman yeah. is is um, it causes tension. How do you deal mm. with that first and foremost? I think I, I was thinking about that in terms of my own practice. You know, here um, how we've we've had so little blood on the carpet really around decisions that we've made, and I think don't want to sound sort of patronising, but you have to do a bit of preparatory work you know you have to prepare people um, and provide context for why you might be coming out with something that right. is, mm. is different and so when we join the two churches together which is why we're called one church um, I know it should be called two churches shouldn't it? But, but we join them together to become one church so we start with the name <laughs> um, and I think it was three months that I preached on how to disagree well because I knew that yeah. conflict was going to come, so we set the groundwork about yeah. about what disagreeing disagreeing well looks like. I know that's still sort of a a, yeah. a massive topic in itself, but at least it provided context. And so to speak out, there will be stuff that I believe as a leader that you disagree with, and you know that what that's absolutely okay. Yeah. But, yeah. But but I'm not helping you if I hold that stuff in. So I, I did lots of sort of preparation for that. So people often come and say, "Oh, how did?" You know, so we registered for same-sex marriage recently, and and church leaders often say to me, "How did you know? I, I, you know, I would love, I'd love to get us there, but we're a million miles away. How how could you? How could we possibly do that?" It started years beforehand because I spoke about a theological position on the inclusive love of God. Um, did, never talked about same-sex marriage. I just talked about the breadth of that. And people began to sort of churn that over. It was a long process. And we had this turning point for us where we had a, a gap in our leadership team. And the way it works in our church is we say, hey, who are the people who you think, who, who, who are living lives that are authentic? Who, who's, mm. who has Christ-likeness about them? But also, who's, who's a leader? Who can make decisions? Who can help us as a church? And give us those names. And um, the number one name that came back was this particular woman in our church who, yeah, absolutely, godly, brilliant leader, so gifted, she's gay. Our leadership team, when I give them the names, everybody jumps on this one name. And this was an absolutely you know, pivotal moment in my leadership here. Everyone jumped on them and went, oh yeah, of course, why have we not approached her before? And I was the one in the room going... Um, <laughs> you know she's gay right and they like as if to sort yeah. of say we've gone on this you've taken yes. us on this yeah. journey yes. this isn't a surprise and this is absolutely the right thing to do I then had to stand up in front of the church and say the nomination is th this person and there was this beautiful spontaneous round of applause and I knew we'd crossed the Rubicon you know th yeah. things would never be the same again but we'd never publicly talked about right. or homosexuality yeah. this was a much broader base of how to bring about change of of flag these things mm. up there will be disagreement that we're not all going to agree on stuff but what does loving community I mean, look like I, I was going to respond with saying we, we've got to have a, a sort of discussion about the fundamental nature of unity haven't we because you know when jesus prays in john's gospel you know that the church may mm. be one but unified does is jesus asking for every single person to agree with one another to be basically exactly the same clones of one another think mm. the same way have a sort of uni personality mm. where there's never any conflict jesus cannot have meant that no. so unity must somehow be able to embrace diversity yeah yeah 
and 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 my naivety you know one of my naiveties looking back on on, on kind of my experience was that i assumed mm. that that's how people thought of unity that actually mm. we're very diverse very different personalities you know the senior leader thinks one way on this i think mm. another way on this and everything but actually the first principle is we love one another yeah yeah and we we live together mm. the beauty yeah. of the church yeah. is here's a community that can have young and old and straight and gay and black mm. and white and we, yeah. we're held together in christ I, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's my sort of mm. picture of what unity is yeah. not yeah. Uh, we, we, we we sign up to this long statement of faith mm. and we all think this and we all believe that god yeah. will judge the yeah. living and the dead and we all believe that yeah. he was yeah. born of the spirit yeah. not yeah. the other way around or whatever it is yeah. you know yeah. and blah 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 yeah. and therefore we've preserved but unity the, thank god for that yeah but the issue there is you are talking here at if I may say, in a rebuking manner, <laughs> about you. salvation issues. Ah, yes, thank because you that's for how bringing up things... that very subject. Well, no, difference. that's the thing, isn't it? So these things become <laughs> our, our, our term, salvation issues. Yeah. And, and so oh, you're yeah. not just dealing with mm. people's difference of opinion, you're dealing with their eternal yeah. um, you know, destination. No, I, I mean, people said, uh, uh, the, the leader said to me, what I believe is dangerous, mm. in other words, and, and what yes. that I took that as very clearly, actually, because mm. I know this is how it was meant. What I believe now questions whether I will get into heaven yeah. now, because now I've embraced a certain way of thinking. And... I had an email once, I quoted a couple of <laughs> Old Testament theologians, very well known ones, you know, and I had an email from somebody saying, I think they're a bit dangerous. Just boil them and have a flick knife or something. But okay, so that, we, we how do you dealt yeah. with that? Because that that is the big yeah. thing. We're not just yeah. dealing with all. I think, I think we haven't, what we haven't talked about is that they're about a, a changing cultural landscape yes. that's, that's also impacting the church. So, so post Christendom, this whole sort of uh, Phyllis Tickle, you know, um, Mr. Tickle's wife, <laughs> and she, she, you know, this brilliant theologian. But she, she, she said that every four hundred years or so, the church has a rubbish yeah. sale, you know. Yeah. And and we've got to just acknowledge. It, I find this helpful. Is that this isn't my madness, you know? This isn't my lack of faith. We are just living in a time of you know perhaps four or five hundred years since the last major shift in the church we're living in another yes. one of those times so the whole thing is shifting so actually we're joining in the kind of yeah. universal i think missio dei you know this movement mm. of god to to shake up and to change mm. systems that shouldn't have should never have settled and, and been there so that gives me some sort of confidence so even talking about salvation issues I mean, yeah of course it's all up for grabs this kind of image of of the you know mm, the yeah. church dragging everything out of its store cupboards to sort of sell and give away to start again that that's the kind of pl place we are uh, culturally, <laughs> it's a great image. and and I I I just find that really comforting. You know, this isn't me agitating for change because Dave still happens to be a bit rebellious. Mm. This is like the move of the spirit, almost a playful move of the spirit that is churning everything up again. I really believe that. So we're joining in a move of the spirit. No, we're not going against the move of the spirit. So the mm. acceptance of women in leadership, the acceptance of people who are gay into into life. You know, mm. all of that stuff is a back is backgrounded by this is a move of the spirit, mm. um, and 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 the church what it does in its entrenchment it does this terrible lie which says, 
oh no, no that's th that's the church compromising to the ways of the world. Yeah, I think it's the church failing to compromise to the ways of the Spirit and and the inclusive heart of God, and so that is is a much more freeing place to come from to think I'm joining in the Spirit's move because I'm seeing evidence yeah. of it around me. Yeah, uh, that's outside that is often inside the church, but is also happening at a pace outside. And of the this church. is what Paul was trying to convince mm. the Jews of, wasn't he? he mm. you, you know, we've got it all recorded yeah. in Acts. You know, yeah. they, well, no, they've got to be circumcised. They've got to be yeah. paid up. No. No. no, yeah, I always think it's interesting with that because <laughs> years ago, I remember asking this question: you know, why did Paul want people want want that? Why did he want mm. um, Gentiles accepted? Mm. Because it was a perfectly reasonable and and well known path for Gentiles to become Jewish. Mm. Mm. That you could become a proselyte, you could you could yeah. go on that journey. Yeah, and. It seems to me the only real answer is because he knew it wouldn't work otherwise. Mm, he yeah. knew they were not going to go on that journey. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it was either, either you know, yeah. keep the Christian faith as a, as a niche part of yeah. Judaism yeah. or accept that people are going to not fit into the mould that you previously thought was the only mould possible, yeah. really. Yeah, and that, that, you know, the seismic shift between like Acts 13 and Acts 17, you know, the, the, the conversation with the Areopagus, this changing, this shifting thing of... Of going into the culture, and you know, I just love that image of Paul walking yeah. around the streets of Athens and going, "Oh, we're in a different landscape yes, here." Yes, yes. And when he stands up, he says, "You know what you've called unknown, I want to give name yes, to." Yes. And we're mm. giving name to this growing sense of a, of a world that there's so much wrong with it, but actually does bend towards justice, yeah. and we're joining in that. And and these mm. acts of justice that are around inclusion should give us confidence to press into that rather than um, I'm a niche kind yeah. of liberalism um you know you talk about other churches yeah, you know, yeah. we are we are a prior in, in this city it, it it's one of the mo most hurtful thing you know the most hurtful conversations i've had is shooting fishing a barrel here but you know is from other christians and other church leaders mm. because because they don't really know what to do with us and i think the reason they find us quite annoying is that we we preach that christ died and rose on the third day that jesus is the full manifestation of god you know and, and it's so so it's not classical liberal they can't really go at you because you're not liberal no. <laughs> you know we, we break bread and we baptize people and we, we we do the sacraments of the church and we and that's what's so annoying you, you, creed, <laughs> you follow the creed essentially yeah I we guess. do yeah. we do and that's um uh, it, it's just par for the course really that you do you have to grow thicker skin you know in church leadership but it doesn't mean you have to yeah, yeah. have a hardened heart Right. And and how that that skill of leadership that says I, I want to pick my battles, and I would rather have a really solid and uh, growing relationship with the with the powers within my city than be popular with the churches with other church leaders. And that's hard. It's easy to say that it's hard. You know, I've had some horrible conversations. We once asked to borrow a baptistry heater from another church. Uh, and they said we couldn't possibly do that. And I said, why not? They said, because you've got someone who's gay on your leadership team. And all I wanted to do was warm some water for a baptism. <laughs> oh, it's a salvation God. issue, it's a Dave. <laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guy said to me, brother, I suspect you'll just have to be cold in the morning. Oh, no. Which was, wow. like, that's, wow. not, that's not a loving sort of thing. And But nobody said that. You know anything like that? These people, like just as by example, as we sit here, there's a theatre production happening. I just popped through, you know, yeah. half an hour ago, and the woman just said, "Oh, you're the minister. Oh, thank you so much for letting us use this space. It's so precious. Yeah. It's so special." 
and, and at those moments thrill me because people yeah. are coming into sacred space you know unmitigated yeah. space where you can do this stuff where it's not about commerce yeah. it's not about you know these are these are these are very different sort of spaces when you when you get buildings like this and to invite people into the kind of sacredness in its fullest so, sense. So let me just pick up on that. So you have, you know, when, when these kind of comments come mm. to you, or mm. the way you, how do you deal with that? You know, how, how have you managed to sort of, reckon, how have you managed to sort of, you know, keep yourself whole, as it were, yeah. when you're being I do I do take a certain stance, you know, if I'm being, you know, trying to give pragmatic advice, where I... I have an imaginary kind of riot shield that I just hold up in front of these yes. people. I can see them, they can still see me, but what you're going to throw at me is not going to yeah. hurt me because I've been you know, I've been through this enough times. Can yeah. I borrow that? Yeah, you can. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> um, but but it's but but that kind of unity thing and that trying to 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 love, you know, ultimately that's what gets Christ put on the cross. Yes. You know, and and it it's very annoying to people when when they want to get a rise out of you and it doesn't happen and so it almost makes yeah. it worse but that is the right stance to take it's got to be surely that says i'm still good even the guy who, you know wouldn't lend me his baptistry if he wants a cup, uh, a cup of coffee and a chat i'll always say yes yeah. because you just don't achieve anything by behaving in the way that you find frustrating you know mm. and it's breaking oh, yeah. that cycle yeah. um so i think if you're going to make change within your church is hard enough but to take your kind of reading from what other church leaders make of you is a big mistake. You know, mm. it has to be between you and and this your own conscience that is is Christ in yeah. you, the hope of glory. You know, Let, let's come back because I'm aware I slightly derailed it, and mm. then we've gone on to churches. But we, I want yeah. to talk about leadership team as well. Yeah. We haven't really because we have this thing in government and everything now about collective responsibility. Yeah. You know, you're mm. supposed to be unified yeah. as a team. And is that is that helpful? I wonder. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I often wonder about this because it ends up with a load of in government. It ends up with a load of junior ministers going around the, the mm. uh, news stations defending the indefensible yeah. or yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally party line when you know they don't yeah. agree with it. Yeah, and church leadership teams do you know do a very similar task, and I I don't think it's helping anybody. You know, I've, I've been I was part of a big church. And we had a big sort of staff team of, of, of other ministers and um, elders. And we would quite often have a bit of conflict in our meeting. But the senior minister was hell-bent on saying, when you leave this room, we show unity. You know? So if we have a vote and it's seven to three, yeah. you three guys that have just voted against this, you will not breathe a word of that outside of this building because you're part of a team. You know? Right. Wow. That, that's sort of yeah. Al Capone talking. That's not... <laughs> that's not Jesus and I think exactly. it's another it's another example of a failure to talk about reality and authenticity I just think it's a more profound thing for a church congregation to hear we had a vote seven people voted you know four and three against if you want to talk to those people feel free to talk to them but that you know yeah. we had to make a decision and this is where we went yeah and and and, yeah. and we love each other you know yes and well that's yeah, the thing that's the key it? thing yeah. yeah because I think the feeling is you will go away from here and work to undermine this decision. That's the that's the fear, isn't yes, it? Yeah, you yeah. have of the insecure up. leader. And I have yeah. been in, in, yeah. in, in not in many churches, but I've been in you know churches where you can think that might happen. You know that someone will not give up because they believe it's a salvation issue or whatever yeah, yeah, because they believe yeah. so strongly. 
um, and I think that I can understand why someone would ask for that collective responsibility because yeah. it kind of forces somebody into hand, but it doesn't help with all the authenticity stuff that yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and, and that preparation work I talked about, if that's the right phrase, mm. that has to happen within your leadership. I think it, by your authenticity, you give other people permission to be authentic. And that ability to say, you know, I fundamentally disagree with this, but if that's the way that we feel, fair enough, and, and I... I, I'm not going to judge you for that, and I'm not going to stir. And it's that it is that trust mm. that we had a, someone on our leadership team for years from a, had a different cultural background, and yet she, you know, she she disagreed with quite a lot of the changes that were going on in one church, but she did it with the most incredible grace, mm. and there wasn't a moment where uh, she ever held that against me, even though she could look me in the eye and say, "I think you're taking this church the wrong direction." Which was, which was a profound thing to hear from somebody, to be so honest. Yeah. But there wasn't a moment where I felt like she fell out of love with me. And it, it, you know, I had so much respect for her and I wanted to be more like her. But that's a rare thing oh. to find in a leader. The ability to say, you know, I disagree, but I realise there's a pragmatism that we have to make a call here and we're going to do that in love. Um, C- culture's not helping us at the moment. No, I mean, no, Brexit no. and, you know, politics Completely, and the, the yeah. sort of... The widening of right and left, and yeah. all the rest of it, we we have not learnt how to disagree. Yeah. Uh, if someone has a different opinion to me, it's because they're evil, or because they're insane, yeah. or because you know, it, mm. it's not. There's no. We're not teaching people how to go. Oh, okay, they've got a different yeah. opinion to me. They're still a brother and sister, you know. That. So somehow we, church has yeah. got to recover that at least prophetic voice, hasn't yeah. it? And, yeah, and it could be one of the most powerful things that a church can do in its community, to say yeah. this is what it looks like. To, so for us, yeah. we, we attract a lot of, a breadth of people, even just on Sunday, mm. new person, I go and say hi, she, her first thing off the bat tells me is that she's Buddhist. Yeah, mm. I, I say, you know, oh, you know why, why, are you, why are you here then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and just, it was just so beautiful just to hear her say, because I'm not finding my spiritual practice fulfilling, and I'm trying to see if there's, you know, if there's other, tr- if there's other truth to understand. Yeah. But what, what a sort of heart to come with. Yeah. But we, you know, we have a, mm. a large staff team here across our projects. Probably five or six people now out of the 25 people aren't Christian. I have to lead a staff time that my default position is: it's prayer, it's praying for one another. But as an act of inclusion, I still think we're having a prayer time, but we do it in a very different way yes. because. There are people here who just won't understand this language and it's laying down, it's often about language, laying that down for the sake of this kind of, you're right, unity is a problematic mm. word, isn't it? It just mm. feels bland, but but actually where unity doesn't mean, you know, uniformity, mm. um, how does that, how, does, how do these different opinions, how do we share them and how do we have people, there was, you know, someone on our team who, who voted for Brexit and that came out the morning afterwards when you know whoever led the staff meeting is going oh what you know this stupid country how could they possibly and I noticed at the corner of my one person who was just a bit quiet and everybody Mm. else and I made a point of saying did you vote you know for and we the whole stance sort of changed to go okay yeah not 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 at all in any nasty way but but what was that about you know oh yeah okay that's interesting you know um because people have their reasons they're not as stupid as 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 we think exactly um But yeah, that is a that is a prophetic act from the church, I think, to show how to disagree um, well and in love. Um, so let's move on with on to that then, and talk about that that thing that I said about within the congregation. Yeah. 
you, you stand up, you say something, mm. and there is, you know, concerns. A, a gasp. People have concerns, yeah. don't they? <laughs> Christians, they often have concerns yeah. about things. And you start getting the emails, and you start yeah, getting yeah. this, that, and the other. You know, I, I do think it's interesting that Paul, one of the things that he says is, you know, we should guard against this factionalism. And we never, ever talk about that within the church, actually. <laughs> you know, we talk about the other bits that he said, but not that. Yeah. But but how do, how do you deal with that um, when it goes wrong, in a way? You know, how do you deal with it, with the fallout? Yeah, I mean, I come back a little bit to the you, you, the wisdom of the leader is to know when to... You know, is to is to know that there is enough. Yeah. Okay. You know, in the room already. Um, I remember when I was at this big Baptist church, and I was just one of the staff team, and I, I was asked to preach. And the teaching series was on um, what is uh, what is God saying to me right now. So everyone was supposed to that that was yeah. their thing. And and I chewed over it and I thought about it and I stood up on the Sunday and I said, um, you know, uh, here's my sermon for today. Um, what is God saying to me right now? nothing you know, that, that, I've, I've gone over this just nothing you're not really present I can't find him and the heavens are silent you know so thank you for coming to my <laughs> and I've obviously waffled on a bit more but I tried to stay as true to that as I could but I completely misplaced it you know there were people worried for my salvation. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, this is a slight aside, but this is God's yeah. honest truth. A woman went to the car park and got a Keith Green cassette for me because she thought that that was going to oh, bring bless. me back. Bless her. She was, yeah, know, she was trying to help. She's yeah. trying to help. But yeah. the, 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 and I remember sort of thinking, wow, I really misjudged. But because it was the, the whole really? setup was wrong and I yeah. I should have just made something. I don't know what I should have done. Yeah. I don't know whether I did the right thing or not. Yeah. But but I could say that in one joke. No one would blink an eye, you know, because, because there was yeah. a different cultural expectation so I think there's there's a setting of a culture that begins with the authenticity that has to begin in, in with other leaders I think you know where, you, where you're giving that permission giving and you're trying to get anyone within the team within I mean, the yeah, team yeah. yeah sorry yeah um, but I think there is it's really hard because as we as we talked about earlier the people who are going to disagree with you loudest and angriest um, it can be quite intimidating and who wants to be unpopular and who wants to lose some standing orders from the biggest givers and all, let, let's be pragmatic about it but equally I honestly think that this shifting you know church culture or understanding of God is so profound you know that it wasn't very long ago where people's people's genuine kind of hermeneutical moment each week was the sermon yeah that's shifted beyond recognition you know people are sitting on buses listening to podcasts and mm. reading books and idiots yeah podcasts are great but they are suddenly listening to a whole different raft yeah. of voices yeah. so they can sit in a church service and go i completely disagree with this this morning but they're not going to walk out of church because they found other spaces yeah. Yeah. Yes. Fed them. Yeah. so often when a church leader thinks they're being radical they're actually not because people are already explored some of that stuff yeah. so anybody who's interested in who's thinking about the same-sex marriage issue for instance rarely is coming to their vicar to say you know i want to really know what they think the first point of call will be in a much more private yeah. place which will be online or whatever yeah. um, and so uh, it's probably there are probably more people in your church who are exactly where you're at and by your you being authentic you're allowing them so to how do you find that out i mean it's a dumb question but but yeah but but actually I, I totally agree with you, yeah. but I, there is always this sort of slight divide between the leadership and the congregation in terms of the honesty 
level of finding mm. that out, yeah. particularly if there are other loud voices yeah. going at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of this has to do with, particularly around preaching, obviously, is about scripture. And, and I think that it is, it is inviting other voices and it is um, having the courage to, to say some, you know, it, it, it is a process that, that, to say some stuff that you know is a bit more controversial, but, but often people just hear a headline the beauty of a sermon, if you know, if, in a church like ours, where people expect a sort of longer sort of slot, is you actually get time to explain the headline. So it's not just, I, um, you know, I tend towards universalism, or whatever. That's going to get people's backs up. But actually, over the course of, again, it's not an event. You know, this is a church. Over, if you if you wanted to bring that issue in, you know, the 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 good leader is able to do that over a period of time, yeah, and introduce change, yeah. and it's a journey, yeah. and there are pinch points. And one of the things we we often do is we have a like pass a mic round, you know, any questions that you've got, and so that that shows an authenticity and an openness. So you can you can give a talk and say, what are your questions? Is there stuff you disagree with? And often people sit there and look at you blankly, and you think, come on, you must do. But it's the fact you've given them the mm. opportunity to ask questions um, is almost the placebo that people go, oh, okay, I think I can trust this person then. Mm. It's where it's a fait to complain. You seal it all up, and you think I've, I've given a brilliant argument for this thing that I wanted to, to say. Mm. Mm. That that raises suspicions. But it's the open endedness, and it's the open door, and it's the if you want to talk about this, you know, come and chat with me. Mm. That that often, and just that gesture in itself, is helpful. I think that's we we've talked about this mm, yeah, in the past, haven't we? Yeah. About about you know, weaponizing preaching as something you want to win. Yeah. I want to win this argument, or or. Yeah theology generally yeah. you know becomes a cash it's not enough for us to have different views on scripture you 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 have to be converted to, to my view it's something mm. that i've kind of given up now mm. on the grounds that you know i don't like it when it's done to me mm. and, I, and I, I never think it works either but but yeah. it's 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 kind of hard within a church context sometimes to to sort of mm. um allow that to flourish or to yeah. find the spaces in which that can yeah. flourish. But, but there are other issues at play here I think. There's the same sex issue and yeah. that's that's one thing that yeah. you can have different but what about when you're when you're the one having to go and lead the prayer meeting? Yes. Okay. Mm. And maybe you maybe you've just experienced the most painful non answer to prayer or yeah. you know, someone you love precious has died or yeah. you know and, and you're expected to be the guy teaching us about how to pray healing prayers mm. that's slightly different in nature isn't it to the sort of same sex issue which is sort of perhaps a bit mm. theoretical yeah. I'm assuming you're not a gay leader at this point but let you know if um if it's around those kind of issues mm. I, I wonder Dave what you would say to a church leader who may be listening to this is thinking I'm really not sure what I believe mm. at the moment. You know, the, the whole victorious prayer thing I was taught at college yeah. doesn't seem to work. Yeah. You know, God seems silent, as, yeah. as, you, yeah. as you famously preached yeah. at that church. You know yeah. what? I wonder what words of encouragement... Should they give up? Are they in the wrong job? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the key phrase that you used is uh, for the leader who's expected to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you can change those expectations... You, mm. you you serve your you know your sanity in the long run mm. a huge favour okay. because yeah. I think I've had those times. Firstly, sometimes you just it's a bit blunt, but you just have to shut up and pray. You just you just you just, you just do that thing. This now is not the time, and there are mm. those moments, and that's again part of leadership. And it's not faking it or anything. I think it's just going, you know, 
Lord, I believe, help me in my own belief. You know, that, mm. that's that honest thing. Equally, I've very often <laughs> deferred to somebody who who does that stuff better, who who has this greater belief in prayer. And, you know, it's like, it's not they're better than me or I'm worse than them, but they, they're really good at that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and I think it's when you're trying to be all things to all people. And some, yeah. people, some people are brilliantly pastoral and you want, you'd want them by your hospital bed. I think I've got better over the years, but that's been a massive chip on my shoulder, you know. Mm. That, like, I, I lead in a certain way. I like to be playful. I like to have fun. Who's going to want to have me sitting next to their hospital bed when they need when they need a serious adult in the room? You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. <laughs> and I, I've had to learn that. But but there are two or three people in our church who just do that incredibly wonderfully. A couple in our church had a, you know had a stillbirth, and I'm on my way to the hospital thinking, what on earth am I going to say to these people who I knew really well and loved them a lot, and and this child was a big deal, you know. And I got there, and coming down the stairs was an older guy from our church who had, on instinct, hearing the news, gone straight there. Yeah. And I just thanked God, because I thought he, he would have done all of the right things. I can just go and be and sit with, with them. I don't have mm. to, you know. And mm. um, and so some of it is that courage to go, there are other people better than me at least. Yeah. Um, and equally, I, you know, I, th- I think, again, you, you know, don't hear me wrongly, there are times when, when, if you do feel full of faith, express that and go for it you know sometimes i think you hear that oh it's it's good to express your doubts and and actually you're only ever being authentic when you're sharing your doubts Mm. you're also being authentic when you are celebrating in in some charismatic Mm. moment and you just feel Mm. that that way go go for that and when when there's things that were celebrating celebrate them yeah and and this um we we were going through an unrenowned book but he talks about you know, the, uh, uh, the Ecclesiastes, a time for this and a time for that. And these seemingly mm. contrasting things. But he makes the point, no, 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 one, that time leads to the other time. Yeah. You know, the, the time of mourning that leads yeah. to a time of dancing. Right. Yeah. Isn't there's a time over yes. here and a separate time? You, you get the, So it's all of these phases that you're going through. Um, and and yeah. the authenticity of expressing that. And the authenticity to say, I'm sorry, I can't pray right now. Mm. I just feel too angry. I feel too disappointed. Mm. Who, who in their right mind would go disappointed with you about that? <laughs> yeah. I think they would. Well, it did, it, yeah. I mean, the, the issue is, I, I find it quite hard in a way, because I used to be an actor. I don't know if mm. I've ever told anyone this. <laughs> that was tremendous, mm. but I gave it up, because I didn't want to overshadow people. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just aware there's always a tendency towards that in me. You know, this is what I battle with. We want to live out the truth. I want to be authentic in front of people. And I think I've got much better at that over the past few years. Mm. Not least because it was harder to hide (laughs) the evident weaknesses that were there. But there's this other bit that, you know, I don't know. There's a bit of kind of a bit of performative stuff that I'm always a little bit. Well, theologically, I think we always want resurrection. We don't want death. We just we just want to do away with Good Friday Mm. and the darkness of Easter Saturday. We we just want to live on Easter Sunday, but mm. that isn't that isn't human life. That wasn't the experience of Jesus, and it won't be our experience. It, yeah. it we will embrace all of life, you know, the dancing and the. And but the it's morning more the ego and, stuff, I suppose. I'm thinking yeah. of is how yes, do I... but it's connected. Yeah. It's strongly connected to that mm. because you, you know my, I have a much more vivacious, you know, extrovert uh, personality and. And, you, you know, that's a good thing and I accept it. But I also accept the weaknesses that go with that, which is I just don't like to to delve into the pain. So, you know, I will, re- I will instinctively repress mm. 
the harder feelings of life, anger, yeah. sadness, stuff like that. And I need the help of people like you to actually go, hey, Joe, what, what's really going on yeah, yeah. Uh, beneath this story here? Because you're, you're, you're going to end up damaging your own mental health if you don't yeah. face and deal with, with this stuff. So. Yeah, and, and there is a bit in that, that, you know, that, that the authentic leader is tasked with being a follower of Christ, you know, firstly and foremostly, you know, yeah. finding your identity in that, you know, coming back to my riot shield thing, you know, I've, I can't remember who said it now, but I remember just somebody sort of flippantly saying, you know, whenever you feel hurt by those leaders saying to you, whatever, it's just your ego that's been hurt. It's not, it's not, it's not your, it's not the real you, it's not the authentic Dave Steele that, you know, is, is made in the image of God and is as, as Christ within you. And that ability to go, yeah, I feel hurt right now. But that's just my ego. You know, this is just yeah. you know, the stuff that you're saying. Then, you know, this is just ego stuff. And and the older I'm getting, the more. Ch so I'm just finishing this PhD thesis. It's it's a fascinating time in my life to be handing stuff into teacher and having my having my supervisor yes. saying, yes. "No, that's not good enough." Yes. And this, I, I weirdly, <laughs> I go, "Oh, thank you." You know, this is. I hate it, but it feels really good because it's such a pointed way of going. You know, you, you've got a long way to go yet. And that's really helpful. In a church particularly, where people love me, I love them, they say nice things to me. That's a dangerous, that is a dangerous path to stay on. You know, <laughs> yeah, to have really critical voices. And, yeah. you know, Pete Ward is, is excellent at being a critical voice yeah. today. And he just does it bluntly. And I kind of go, oh, this is like balm for the soul. You've just right. told me I'm not very good at that. I've got Nick, but he overdoes <laughs> yeah. it. In well, my I, opinion. You said earlier you were pressing anger. You don't do it with me. <laughs> <laughs> No, you've, you've helped. Have I released you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, look, um, you know, I, we, should, uh, we should bring this into land a little bit more, I think. Um, I kind of want to ask you why, if, if, if the, we need a different form of leadership, and we recognise that and the culture is changing, is that being taught in, in theology colleges or in ministerial colleges? I don't know what they're called now, yeah, seminars yeah. or whatever. Yeah. If not, why not? Um, <laughs> You know, I, 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 I don't have the answer to this. Maybe there's something we can throw out to people who are, who are more recently qualified than we are. But, yeah. well, I'm not qualified at all. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it comes to that. But, but do we need a different form of leadership training, therefore? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's a really interesting question. And, and the demise of the church or Christendom means that there are even less places even doing this training. So, mm. so um, there are new, a couple of new colleges... I'd be I'd be really interested to know what they do, but you know, yeah. anecdotally, when I say to people, like other Baptist leaders, you know, how do you, you know, how do you do a funeral? You know, I didn't go to college. They'd always jump in and go, oh, we never learned anything like that at college. You know, they didn't, yeah. they didn't teach you how to do these <laughs> these these things. It was about you know, uh, you know, some and there was no kind of um, certainly in my day, real emphasis on Christ likeness. No, I was never asked. How I was treating Rachel or the yeah. kids, or yeah. do, 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 yeah. you know, do you know what I'm like when people criticise me, or yeah. you know, those kind of really whether I'm loving my enemies, you know, that that yes. that wasn't on the agenda. Whereas yeah. I would say that's the priority agenda mm. for a leader, yeah. and then the other stuff yeah. you can, yeah, you can teach, but it's and even, know, discipleship. Even, even when you know, back in the day when I was when I was with Oasis, you know, yeah, I remember people would come and talk to us about conflict management, you know. And there's some kind of business kind yeah, of yeah, yes, our language, yes. but we're not supposed to be conflict managing. You know that that's that's yeah. not our role. It's about yeah. you know it comes back to this unity thing about 
what there's a lot at stake here. You know, uh, uh, Sally McFaig is an American theologian. She yeah. says you cannot uh, love what you do not know. Mm. The problem with conflict and the problem with 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 disagreement rather than conflict is that you end up not knowing the person because you go, oh, they're a Trump supporter. You know, we, yeah. we, we label yeah. it and we stop listening. And then as as follows, you, you you just can't love that person. You can't love what you don't know. And it's this again yeah. we're not event we are processed as church we're walking together we've literally started it. we've one church walks every month because i've realized that there's something about that's walking, walking yeah. along yeah. beside yeah. people that's so disarming yeah. and yeah. we we went on a 14 mile walk together recently that's like seven hours and every single person on that walk i got to spend you know, half an hour with yes. and have a meaningful conversation. It was yes. absolutely beautiful. By yeah. the time we'd finished, it was just, I know these people, you know, I've heard them. Mm. Some people have already put in a bit of a box because they knew, and, oh, no, that wasn't the person at all I thought you were. And that knowing is part of unity. When, when you know somebody, it's rare that you judge them so harshly because there's always reason yeah, behind exactly. it. Even their behaviour that it's you great. find difficult with, there is always reason behind yes. it. But you never get to know it because you've already made your decision yeah. about them and you're in that camp. Yeah. And I found that with there are certain church leaders. There was one guy, just this brilliant, lovely man. He's a Baptist pastor. He's just retired. He couldn't be more different from me theologically if he, if he tried. But we started this prayer meeting thing together, and I go around and have a cup of tea with him. I know all about his kids. I know all about his family. He prays for me every day. He sends me texts with Bible verses on him. He's just the most beautiful guy. Yeah. But we fundamentally disagree yeah. on theological things. That's because he's got to know me, and I've got to know him. Yeah. And and how do you have a community that walks yeah. together? Um, That's great. Is, is an important. I love that. Let's bring this, as I said, into land. Um, what have you learned, both of you? I would like to ask you. you sum up, what, yeah. what do you think you've learned from your experience in church leadership? If you can sum it up in a few words, and we've wow. just spent an hour and a half doing it. But <laughs> let's say you've got somebody sitting in front of you, and they're going, you know, I'm thinking about being in church leadership or I'm thinking about being in the ministry. What what would you kind of say to them? What was the one thing they need to know? I think I often say that my my favourite quote is by Charlie Chaplin, which I think is just a great irony. Um, <laughs> for someone who never spoke, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but he he says life is a, a tragedy in close up and a comedy in long shot, and and I I yeah. think that every church leader needs to know that you know that the thing that is stressing you out now, if you had the ability to just pan the camera out, yeah, and have that just stand back, you know take this long run again i keep I, I keep coming back to this is process not crisis really church life that that, that 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 work these things out be gentle come back around to it try a different approach you know just that that sort of stuff i, th I think would be one thing the other thing was a, a book by mike iaconelli and i can't remember what, which book it was but he was talking about tools to do the next century with so it was written in the 90s i think and I just remember sort of falling off my chair at his, the two chapters. Well, one was entitled Humour and one was entitled Scepticism. Um, and he said that, you know, they, if Christian leadership, you're going to need bags of humour and you're going to need bags of scepticism. Like this ability to laugh at yourself yeah, yeah. and the mm. ability to laugh at the yeah, situation. But also I really like the scepticism because I'm a natural sceptic. The point he was making is what the world doesn't need is cynics. Yes. And, and scepticism, the wrong side of, you know, love, is cynicism but scepticism that says self-scepticism you know what come on what are my mm. motives what am i really yeah, on about? what's so really good. going on in the room what did that person really mean there's no harm in that mm. if it's leading to a greater desire to know and scepticism is purely the kind of the, the the grit in the oyster 
that leads to you know beautiful things if it's if it doesn't breed cynicism mm. Mm. Um, I think that's what I would want to say to church leaders you know, how, yeah. how are you skeptical but in the same time you, you've got to be able to just laugh and if you don't have people you can really laugh with yeah. that's like a number one thing yeah you know who are the two or three people that you do? I, I meet with three friends we we drink more than we should together and we basically said we could talk about really deep stuff because they're, they're all good thinking people yeah. but I fundamentally love you guys because we just talk absolute nonsense when we're together and, and I it's just <laughs> that is a balm for my soul you know yeah I, I, I don't think I can say anything as profound or as helpful as you have but I, I, I would always say to people you know it's a it's a it's a high calling and it is worthy but you know make sure you you take time for yourself to really know and understand yourself mm. I mean I, I, I think that's one self-awareness is one of the greatest yeah. tools and benefits in leadership yeah. mm. well thank you very much uh, we hope this has been helpful uh, for people we would really love to hear from other leaders or anyone actually because we're that yeah. desperate for attention but um, <laughs> you know particularly on this issue there's I think there's more that we could uh, be sharing there's more that we could do and uh, you know we, we are aware I think of, of so many uh, tensions and difficulties that people in church leadership are under so you know do get in touch if this is a conversation you'd like to continue in any way if you, you can always get in touch with us we be yeah. really interested to hear your experiences as well yeah let's just give you the email address because if you're not used to the podcast you might not know that the correct email address is joe at midfaithcrisis.org that's joe with an e at midfaithcrisis.org please send me uh, an email we, we'd love to know we we have some ideas of where we could possibly take things uh whether that's online webinars or whether it's a little gathering together perhaps possibly here in brighton dave i don't know uh, but the coffee's great here so that would be a good reason well talking of which i desperately <laughs> need the coffee now it's not something stronger so uh <laughs> thank you for being with us yeah thanks so much and thanks so much yeah Dave. thanks Dave. thank you very much bless you mate so that was the end of the conversation uh, and, a, and a really great time it was. Yeah, thank you for setting that up. I think, I think that's been really helpful. I found that really yeah, illuminating. Yeah, no, it's always good to spend time with Dave as well. And, mm. you know, the invitation is there. I think we really just wanted to wait to see how this landed on people, you know, whether, whether it resonated with people, whether they felt, oh, actually, I would like to spend some more time talking these issues through. So we'll see what happens. But Obviously, as we we're saying, if people are interested, write in to me, Joe at midfaithcrisis.org, and we'd love to hear from you. And 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 if if it's appropriate, maybe we'll arrange something, you know, in the autumn or something. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to unpack that today. We'll no. Maybe come back next week with our our responses or things we've thought about further, or things in fact we've barely thought about, but we're still going to say anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, more, which is more than likely, <laughs> the more usual response that we have. Um, yeah, and so yeah, do send do send your thoughts in. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'll be back in in a week's time, I guess. Hope so. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going up north. I have to say, I'm going Are up you? north. Yeah, my daughter is graduating. Is she? Yeah. So I, I've got to go up into the wilds uh, of the north and Durham, and uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, maybe two weeks time. It depends on how I feel about you know when I come back, but probably a week's time. Anyway, prof well, professional as always. Exactly. And thank you, Minister, for your clarity. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Let me be perfectly clear. It might happen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. See you soon. <laughs>